Hi, and welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're joining us today. This past week was very powerful because a few weeks back, I felt in my heart that I wanted to ask my wife, Nicole, to bring a word that she had something that God was stirring in her. And I wasn't wrong. She said uh, back to me, I, I, I want to, but I feel that we're supposed to do it as a family in a panel discussion. And so the word that she brought was on how to build your belief system. It was a very, very timely word. So I want to encourage you to press in, allow God to speak to your heart as you listen to the podcast. Enjoy. Yay. Well, a couple of weeks ago when, when Phil had, had mentioned this to me, God was really stirring in my heart that he said, you know, people believe. Everybody in this room believes. We all believe. But when we get specific about what we believe... Then other people kind of get squirmish and kind of go, you, you really believe that? And people start self-censoring themselves because, you know, they don't want to lose their friends. Yeah. If you really knew that I believed in healing, but yet I know you've got a person that, that's, that's sick in your family, you may not like me because I believe in healing. But yet I've got an experience that my, 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 my great aunt um, this is just hypothetical, but like my great aunt, maybe, maybe she died and I've, they've got a different experience about healing or the lack thereof. But there's so many different subjects and it's so broad. We're not going to just tackle one specific item today, but, I want, but God just wants you and, and me to know what we believe. And not be wavered by that. There's so many times they're wavered by, by different theologies, different doctrines. Well, what do you guys believe? Well, we put together Vision Plus, and if we get your email, we'll send it to you. But it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple stuff. Jesus is the center of everything that we do. And this word right here is what we believe. Yeah. And so we can unpack that, but we definitely wanted to talk about it. But it's so important that we know what we believe so that we pass it down to that next generation. So many times you'll meet people on the street or meet people that you even work with, and they were raised a certain way, but then the very parents that, that, that told them, you know, when you get married, you stay married for life. And then maybe their parents in their 20th or 30th year of marriage call it quits. And then everything they know to be true was falling apart because the very people that instilled my beliefs aren't living by it. You, you know, I'm seeing heads yeah. shake. You, you guys yeah. understand what I'm talking about. And it can be on any different, many different subjects, but we need to pass this down. Well, back, back many, many hundreds of years ago, it was so important that, well, in the Bible, it talks about, you know, teach your children when you rise up and sit down and when you're coming and when you're going and all this, those different verses. But when the early church was, was just being for, formed, there was a lot of persecution. You think you've gone through some hard stuff. They were persecuted. It was life or death by what they believed. So they started teaching and training their children by code. They started putting their beliefs in code in certain ways. We know them today as the 12 days of Christmas. You may think, whoa, where are you going here? Just a, just, just a certain, uh, not a rabbit trail, but just think, really cool. think about the 12 days of Christmas. Two turtle doves represent the Old and New Testament. Three French hens represent faith, hope, and love. Four calling birds, the four gospels. 
Five golden rings, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Six geese laying, six days of creation. And obviously you can tell they have nothing to do with six geese laying, but it's the six days of creation. Seven swans of swimming, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. All this is in your Bible. Yeah. Eight maids of milking, the eight beatitudes. That's the, the biblical constitution, how we live our lives. Nine ladies dancing, the fruit of the nine fruits of the spirit, ten lords a leaping, ten commandments, there you go. Eleven pipers piping, the eleven faithful apostles, minus the one. Twelve drummers drumming. Before I get to that one, the first one, who knows what the partridge in a pear tree? That's Jesus. And 12 drummers drumming leads us to the next thing. It's the 12 points of doctrine in the Apostles' Creed. The first apostles had to know what they believed in. When Jesus sent them out, they didn't go, now, I think this is what he meant. They had to go verbatim of what he told them to say. And we are ambassadors. And so we go with what our government, our kingdom has told us to believe And so the apostles wrote a creed. Have you ever heard of the apostles' creed? Well, it's it's in there. Rebecca was 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 wondering even what it said. Like, what is that? I've never heard of that before. But we're gonna learn about it this morning, guys. Well, I'm gonna read it. Just real quick, I was gonna go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. These are foundations in the Word of God. In Christianity and what we believe. And it goes down that in Christ and in Christ Jesus, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. We believe this. We don't wonder where did he come from? Was he just a good? We believe this because we choose. And we're going to talk about that. It was just, it's a choice to believe. So with that creed, we as a family, years ago, we wrote a creed. We decided to, you know what? Let's just start confessing what the word says and let's believe that and let's, let's live that way. And then even when our, when our kids were teenagers and their concrete wasn't even set yet, their daddy said, you know, you need to write a personal creed. It doesn't, it's not based on what mom and dad tell you or what mom and dad or how mom and dad live, but it's what you believe. I remember one time, Becca, you came to us and you're like, well, how do I know your standards or our standards? And I, you can jump in. That's but a good I, question. It was a very good question. Well, I mean, when you're like 14 and you're like, why can't I wear this? When can I like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you're like. How? How am I going to know that's for me? I do remember that. Do you remember my response? Because it was like, yeah. it, was, it was a God response. It wasn't a typical mom response that I wanted to say, because I said, you know, it wasn't no. that. Yeah. But I loved it because she was like, okay, why don't you, um, oh no, you asked me the question. You said, think about your life right now. Um, is there anything that you don't like about it? Or do you not like with our standards the way you've turned out? Um, or what have you been missing? And she gave me an opportunity to go back, figure it out for myself, and come back to her with an answer on like, yes, I like it, or no, it stinks. I want to change this, you know? But it was great, even being that young, being able to make my own decision. 
So it was never forced like, you have to do this. Because I personally don't like that when I see millennials even today that totally turn from the church because they were forced to be there. Because they were forced to raise their hands and forced to do this. I mean, nah, no thanks. Because it never, it never really becomes real to it them. It doesn't. Personally. Yeah. And it's your own decision. And I think a lot of people, Zach and I like to tell people, no, we believe this because we've seen God be faithful in our own lives. Like, we're not living off of our parents' faith. Um, and so if, and if anyone thinks that or has thought that, um, let me just tell you right now, I've seen him be faithful in my own life. And I think every person has to test it for themselves. Um, it's never, a, you're not going to be standing in front of Jesus one day, and he's like, and you're like, okay, here's my mom. Mom, tell him, like, the way I lived and, and uh, what my beliefs are. It's like, no, we're each held accountable for what we know. And so if you know that, Jesus is going to be like, what'd you do with it? What'd you do with it? And so it's that That's personal good. relationship. I but think it's, you can I think it's easy. I think it's easy as a parent to, and forgive me if I get off track here, but I think it's easy as a parent to um, focus on the action. You know, when your child does something and you just, you're focused on, you shouldn't have done that, so you're going to be grounded and you don't get to drive the car and whatever, you know, and, and all the punishment. Instead of dealing with the heart, what's what's really going on because actions are always free to come out of the heart you know and and i think is the grace of god and and jesus that helped us you know navigate yeah. with you guys and and you know I've, how I've got to some, help some, the heart some eyewitnesses in the room too but our mother disciplined us until she saw the heart change so it was like it was, the question's not how many swats I mean, sometimes that heart changed before a SWAT even hit, but, but um, never with Kalman. It took, it took many, many SWATs with her. But, um, she said that. But, you did, yeah. <laughs> but, so it's not, and it's, it's not the pressure of the SWAT. It's, it's the love and it's the obedience of the parent to discipline the child until you see that heart change. And then even we took it a step farther in our, in, our, in our house because so many times parents are like, well, then they go and sit and pout. You know, the child just sulks or whatever. But what did Holy Spirit lead us to do as parents after you guys were disciplined? This is a test. Mm, yeah, it was um, thank you for disciplining me, uh, which brought about in and of itself an ownership. And I think that that's something that... Uh, amongst people in society today, there's a lack of ownership, um, especially whenever it comes to things that we do that we don't like to confront. Uh, because when you own it, that means everything you do, everything you say, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're taking that as, all right, this is who I am, this is what I believe, and these kinds of things. Uh, and so really what that did was when we were disciplined, it made us own the discipline and realize I was wrong you were right. And I think that that's a heart posture that we really need to get early on is the fact of it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to not have it right. You know, it's like, it's, it's different when you're in those places that you're actually growing, you know, your prefrontal cortex is still developing and you're learning how to make right and wrong decisions. You're learning how to walk that rope. But once you've moved past that and now you're solidified in who you are, I think moving forward with the ability to say, you know what, you were right and I was wrong is an amazing place to be because you remain teachable. And isn't that what we all know is remaining teachable is the building block to truly 
developing long-lasting relationships. It's the key to everything. We, we, wrote a, we read a book as a family, the key to everything. Matt Keller, yeah. yeah. And it's being teachable. So is, do we hey, need, Tom, can you pump me down a little bit? Yeah, back him down. I feel like the voice of God. <laughs> and you also said something, Zach, about you had to own Thanks, it. So how, do you, how did you and when did you, what did it look like for you to own what you believe? I mean, I think for many people, it, it comes to like personal experience, right? So personal experience, like it shapes the way you think, it shapes the way you, you know, confront things. Yeah, it, it molds your vision of the world. Um, you know, like a couple weeks ago, Hannah and I were out hiking and we saw these small little pigs, just wild pigs. We're on a trail and we hear like leaves bustling around and everything. Razorback. <laughs> this is Arkansas. <laughs> like we're just, I'm just like... You know, you and so we stop, and I'm like, oh, there's leaves, you know, and so I probably my reaction kind of freaked her out a little bit, but I was just kind of like, oh, there's leaves, you know, and so we're looking around, and we look up the hill, and there's all these leaves. It literally looks like, I don't know, there's just like leaves moving, and then there's just these little furry things, but you can't see what they are fully, and then one of them pops its head up, and I'm like, oh, it's a little pig, like, it's amazing. I've never seen a pig in the wild like that, and so I know, I'm a city boy, but I saw that, and I was like, oh my goodness, that's so amazing, and then all of a sudden, like, Hannah comes behind me, and she's like, She's like, I hear that those are really dangerous, like more dangerous than black bears. <laughs> and I'm like, they're four little piglets. Like, what's he gonna do? Like maul you to death and everything? Yeah, but she was focused on the fact that they're wild pigs and someone had told her that they were like, and I don't discredit the fact, I'm sure once they're full grown, I'm running, see you later, like I'm good. But little piglets and everything, why? What Hannah was told shaped and molded the way that she approached something. Yeah. And I think that for me, with my walk with Jesus, it was through going through certain situations and seeing how I responded to the situations because things are going to come our way in life, but how you respond to it will determine what you take away from it. You know, walking out, and that's where I think ownership is a big deal, is walking out and being like, man, I didn't nail that. You know, like I remember one time in Branson, I had an opportunity for like a job or something, and I chose the wrong job. And I remember having this moment with the Lord, and I was like, I missed it. Like, I didn't get it right. And he was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, but he's like, but I'm going to redeem this, you know, in that kind of situation. So for me, it was really just trial, trial and error, trial and error, just figuring it out, yeah. going through it mm -hmm. and realizing your word is faithful. Like I'm flawed, but without you, your word is perfect. Yeah. And so if I approach it from this angle now with your word, li Jesus living his life in me, living, living my life through righteousness, yeah. now it's much more amazing just to see what he can do but it all starts with me having to own it for myself yeah. Hmm. Yeah. that's good yeah. I feel like I ran in circles sorry there, I, I picked it up because no, I was like and he's such a good father <coughs> and so even when we do miss it he's not like how dare you like now you're cut off from this or anything like that he's not that way he's such a good God and so he had another a plan it wasn't like, oh, you missed my A plan. Here's a B plan. You get half the blessing yeah. or something. Which that was something else that you all had done for us when we were growing up was you basically proved to us through the things that we did and the things that we saw that it's not by power and it's not by might that you can please him. It's yeah. not by works. And that's where I feel like some people in church... Like, they parent their kids, and they want their kids to be involved in church, be involved in church, be involved in church, and like what we were talking about yesterday. It's almost like they're parenting their kids out of fear that their kids are going to fall off. Yeah. And when you parent out of fear, it's, it doesn't set you up for success. When I struggle with pornography, if I walked around every day and I didn't look at pornography because I was afraid that I was going to fall back into it, I always relapsed because I wasn't walking 
in the knowledge of what I'm freed from, I was walking around in the fear that I'm going to stumble again. Mm. You, see, you see the difference? Yeah. And so I think walking in my personal life with my personal convictions in full confidence of him, you know, and, and if parents, when they put their kids into a Christian school or to get plugged into a church, do it with the motive of, Lord, do what you did in me, do it in them. Yeah. It's not up to you. It's up to, it's up to him. Yeah. He who promised is faithful. Yeah. And so when you put them in there and you're like, Lord, do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. Yesterday you were talking about, because I was about, I was gonna, there's scriptures to every issue. And you may have areas in your life personally that you're like, I, I, I need my faith built in this area. Sometimes, sometimes it's healing. Sometimes it's money, finances. Sometimes it's relationships. What, it could be a job a situation, you know, per, in, in interpersonal relationships. Whatever it may be, and you may think, well, you haven't even come close to hitting my, what I'm dealing with. Whatever you're dealing with, there is word instructions. There's word promises. There's, there's, how, there's a how to do this. But one thing we were talking about, we don't ever want it to be, not a recipe, a um, formula. A formula. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. This past uh, Christmas break, which I want to do over, by the way, because I I, I injured my shoulder. And the entire um, Christmas break, I was in excruciating pain. And I I just pushed through every day. Well, I got my healing scriptures out. And I went to war. And I praised and worshiped through it. And I did what I knew to do. I'm not saying... You know, faith without works is dead, yes, but I'm not saying you just, what I'm saying is it all boiled down one night, and I, because I was just so much pain, and I sat quiet, I did all of the above, and I sat quietly, and what I heard in my spirit was, I am your father, and you are my daughter. That's all I heard. The next, I went to bed. The next morning, I got up with so much pain. I mean, I'm sure Phil heard me, but I just had to kind of verbally get through the pain until it, until it re- regulated itself again. And then, and then I heard, don't, don't go by how you feel. You should see the other guy. And I knew that I was healed. Yeah. And I felt the same way. But it all boiled down for me at that moment was relationship. Yep. And Holy Spirit and what you believe and what, what you believe, it all should, should come around relationship and building that relationship with God and sitting in his presence. And like, like Zach said, we're not a Sunday to Sunday people. You can't be successful that way. It's an everyday how can you be successful in your relationship if you only see each other once a month or once a week? It's an everyday deal. It's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's pursuit. You know, uh, what, what is your heart pursuing? Because when we pursue God, he has everything. He doesn't only have everything, he is everything. That's different. And, and I think what happens to people is they get into a situation, so they pursue what God can do for them. You remember when Jesus fed the 5,000 and all, all the 5,000 yeah. followed him after that? Yeah. And you brought this up yesterday and how they followed him and they said, 
you know, feed us. They wanted Jesus to, we don't have to buy groceries anymore. This is great. Yeah. Jesus will feed it. All he has to do is a few loaves, yeah. break some bread, you know. It's, and like, it's like he found the cure for cancer. I mean, it was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And so they, that, so they went after them and Jesus said, no, you're pursuing me for the wrong reason. That's like me pursuing you for what you can do for me, not because I love you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't mean to, you know, okay, I just want to make it plain because sometimes we, we have a tendency to pursue what our greatest need is at that moment. And if you're in pain, it's easy to pursue healing instead of, instead of daily developing the love of the father, the relationship that you have. And I got convicted when um, I heard, you know, you, when somebody invites you, gives you an opportunity to speak, you know, do you pursue scripture or do you pursue him? Well, yeah, that's what Zach was saying. Yeah, is like, that what you said? Do you go Man, to the word because, so oh, I've got, to, I've, I've got to prepare to minister, so I've got to get in the word. Yeah. Or I've got to prepare to minister. I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus and say, yeah. What do you want me to say? This morning I was saying, Lord, just empty. I want to be, em- I empty myself yeah. and we you should, fill me up. We should be, we should be so, I want to say this right. We should be so in love with Jesus. Spending time with him should be so intentional to us that when we are asked to speak, nothing changes. You know, like how many times have you guys been like, oh man, I was asked to speak can't hang out. I got to go study, you know, or I need to like get in the word, you know, there's definitely a grace for that. But I feel like, I feel like that's walking in grace and not so much approval, you know, like what he's wanting us to do is to be so in love with him, to have the time we spend with him be so constant and so frequent that when we're asked to speak, we have a word because we're so in tune with his word and what he says. Once again, the relationship you know, and it's like what we were talking about yesterday was if you have two people, there's a reason why God, God eliminated all of our needs to be brought up in a conversation. Why? Because he wants to be intimate with us. He wants to have relationship with us. Married couples. You in the room? Married couples? Anybody married? Anybody married? Okay. Single people. (laughs) This relates to you just in a different way. So for married couples, when you guys are being intimate with one another, all right, I doubt that either one of you wants to hear about a need that someone has. Like, oh man, we need to put the trash out. Or, oh man, we need to go buy groceries. Or, oh man, you know, this kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because you want to be focused on that person. You're giving yourself to that person. You want to focus on that person and them alone, correct? You want to let them know, I'm here for you. And there's nothing else that's going to distract me from being here with you. That's good. All right? If you followed along with that, thank you for sticking with me. I was still trying to figure out how to work work that around. But anyways, that's what the Lord, whenever he told us, I will meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. What he's saying right there is this should not even be a conversation that we need to have. Because he says, when you spend time with me, I don't want to hear what you need. I already told you I'd meet it. So he's like, when you're with me, be with me. Talk with me. Let's talk about things that are actually going to further our intimacy level instead of, hey, you need to do this or do that or do this. Yeah. Like there are times for that, but yeah. God wants to desperately be intimate yeah. with us and it's through relationship. Yeah, I was just thinking on a practical sense, because um, that's beautiful. 
Um, and I love how God makes us like, I'm so practical. <laughs> I'm like, but how do you do that? Right. Um, so to speak to the practical minds in the room as well, um, for me, it's being aware. And so I love that it says in the Bible that if you just look at the ocean, if you just look at the mountains, you can't deny there's not a creator and a God that made all of this. And so for me, it's when I'm driving, I will have literally said like, Jesus, get in this seat next to me. Like, just be here with me. Um, It's grocery shopping and you know when he's like, hi. And then it's cool to be like, hi. Just be aware that there's a God and that he's listening to you. And he knows your thoughts, nobody else does. Like, he just cares. And so just to be able to talk to him and be there, um, because I don't always have time to sit in my room for two hours, definitely have those times, like come to soak, it's beautiful, um, just to take time and focus in, and we yeah. need to have those. But also, it's totally on the go. Just always keeping your heart aware that he's listening. And so even me nannying two kids, or three kids, that are crazy. They're a lot like us growing up, and I want to be like, Becca, but that's not her name, because I think it's me. But, you know, even in the midst of that, I'm like, Lord, help me out. Like, I, I need help. Or just talking to him and being real. He does not want to show. So if you're, like, coming in, and you have to make sure all your words are perfect, I mean, if you're in a relationship with someone, and they didn't get the realness of you, and only got, like, the the perfect, you know, you all the time, the presentation, they're gonna be like, I'm done with this relationship. Like, this isn't cool. Cause I wanna go through things with you. I wanna process with you. I'm here for all of it. And that's how he is. It's so beautiful. So anyways. Man, we benefit from a relationship with him because it's him. Yeah. You know, I, I think about a relationship that we have um, with a, a, some people that own a company and it's not a comfortable relationship, you know, because some people, operate and function at, you know, such a high level of responsibility that it pulls you up or, you know what I mean, when you get around them. And that's so super healthy because we reap the benefit of getting to sit down to dinner and, and pick their brain and, and hear what's going on and hear things that, that we don't know that we don't get to participate in on a daily basis. And it just takes you higher that relationship and, and, you know, that relationship continues because we're not in it to get anything from them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. other than friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we would approach God the same way that we approach our closest friend, mm-hmm. you know, that we're, that we're not in it to, what, you know, what can I get in the drive-thru today? What's your special today, yeah. God? You know, what do you got? And, but instead, coming to him with a humble heart saying, God, I need you. I just, I need you in my life. Because yeah. uh, even though I may think I really know what I'm doing, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm smart enough to know you know more. Mm-hmm. You see the future. You see what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so important. Well, because like what, what, what do you, what, what you spend time with is what you adore. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, like yeah. why in the world do we have people who <clears throat> are so passionate about their pursuits in life that they're in? It's because they have done time and they have spent time Mm -hmm. so much so to where they're like nothing's going to come in between me and what I need to do you know there's we live in a world where people are more passionate now than ever you know but what it is is what they've spent time with they have fallen in love with and it's because we have been created in that way yeah you know and that's I believe that's what God said about Paul when he saw Paul formerly known as Saul he said just wait 
whenever I take him and I retune his affection towards me, look at what he can accomplish. The most passionate man for the temple that pursued Christians and killed Christians like nobody else. And God's like, boy, you're going to do big things for my kingdom. And let me tell you something. When we pursue God the way that we should, um, our, our faith grows, but our belief system comes in line with that. Our, our entire life benefits yeah. from our pursuit of him. And when we pursue him and seek him in relationship, then everything in my life begins to line up with how he feels, how he thinks, what, what bothers him begins to bother me because that sensitivity yeah. grows because his spirit, the Holy Spirit is in me. That's God in me. Thank God he's in us, <laughs> you know, and, and. But we don't, we don't want to short circuit. That goes back circuit. to what you were saying. We don't want to short circuit what God's doing. Right. I want to stick in it. I want to stick with it uh, because it's so sweet. It may not be sweet right now. You may be going through something that you're like, it stinks. It's horrible. It's hard. But you know what? Those who stick with it, walk into the promised land. They walk, they'll, they'll, they'll eat the good of the land if you just stick with it. I've seen people short circuit a call of God in their life or a placement in a church. And I'm like, oh, if you'll just stick with it and allow the Holy Spirit to continue and just marinate in his presence. And I'll, I'll, if, you, if you hear something that maybe you're like going, hmm, I don't know. Maybe it's totally different than how you were raised Stick with it and, and get a, talk to people. Get an accountability. Hey, what do you think about this? And more importantly, ask Holy Spirit. Ask God, the Father of, of everything, and say, show me in your word. Show me in your word what, 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 what they're talking about, what, what they're living out. It's working for them. And that's one thing that you were saying the other day, too, that why as Christians or, or a church body or the kingdom of God, um, people in, in Christian circles, why do we kind of s- study the failures? Why do I mean, we, is it just me we... or is, is every Christian movie, somebody dies in every Christian movie. Is it just me? <laughs> no. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but uh, no, it just seems like we, yeah, uh, every, every other, every we other focus career on the failure or the, the experience, Athletics, the negative experience. Yeah. And there's very few, um, movies or, you know, that that's kind of put out there of, oh, they had that, but they got healed. We, we carry around a little book by Dodie Osteen. She authored it 30 years ago. She had two weeks left to live yeah. and she wrote a book. And it's called, through her healing time, and it was called Healed of Cancer. And it's her story. And people, even, even her children, were amazed at how that she, she lived. Her son Because her son was yeah. a doctor, and he, she had, the, she had mat- metastatic cancer of the liver. Two weeks to live, get, get your affairs in order. If she, if she was here today, we'd give her the mic. <laughs> because, you know, but, but you don't hear about people like that very often. You hear about, well, well, brother, brother Doug was, 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 a, was a God-fearing man, and, and he taught, and he, and he preached the gospel, but yet he died. So how can you talk about healing? Well, that's an experience. I'm not going to base what I believe on an experience on someone else. God says, I, Jesus said, I healed them all. Well, I will heal them yeah, all. We would like to study the successes and find out what they did. When I was learning to play drums, I didn't listen to the guys that were terrible. That's good. 
I mean, you know what I mean? I listened to the best guys in my time, which Tell. was Phil Collins Tell. and others. But you know, but you listen to them and you're like, yeah, yeah that's what I want to play like. Yeah. Nobody By the says. Way, you're doing great on the drums. Feeling <laughs> yeah. I'm a fill in. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, why do we do that in our Christianity? That we study the failures. I, I want to hear about, and that's one of the reasons that that book stood out to us. We grabbed a hold of it and went, wait, man, someone had success. We should study what they learned and what they did. And so that we can do the same things and apply some of those things to our life so that we can begin having success uh, instead of just creating a theology based on all the bad things that have happened that, well, God doesn't do that anymore. Well, that's interesting because he does it in Iraq and he does it in Iran, he does it in Africa and he does it in India and all these other places. Then that must mean that God still does it today. And uh, I'm gonna share a scripture real quick and then I think I I wanna pray. Did you have something else? Oh, I was just gonna say Jesus wasn't a then there guy. You know, he's a here and now guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like so many times we can fi- fix our eyes on the fact that, oh, well, that was him then, you know, and that was him over there, you know, but it's like, no, this is him here and this is him now. John 14, 12, Jesus speaking, he said, I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do and even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. Yeah. He set us up for success. Yeah. Jesus I don't know about you guys, but I've been reading through the Gospels, and I see all these times, and Jesus healed them all, and Jesus healed them all, and all who were afflicted were healed. So I don't care what your experience is, Jesus, Christ in me, the hope of glory, saw it, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So don't even come to me saying, well, man, it's cancer. You don't understand. What bit? Jesus was never impressed with what the affliction was. He He just said, that's not right, and it needs to leave. And so that should be our approach to it, our spending time with him as he deposits his authority in us because we realize, okay, first of all, it's Christ in me. He does the work, all right? And so it's walking through his approval as a son, as a daughter. And if you walk into a situation to where you see something and you don't initially see it as breakthrough, it's not because he's not faithful. It's because I need to become more submitted. Yeah. I need to become heavily, more yeah. heavily yielded. Jesus was the most yielded person on the planet. And it wasn't just because he was the son of God. It was because he was showing the disciples. Why would he pull the disciples with him if they couldn't live like him? Yeah. Why would he have these people document what he did and walk around following him, seeing the things that he did and not give them an equipping to go and do the same thing? Like he had people with him, his core group of guys, so that they could hear and know the deep intimacies of his heart. And he could turn around and say, go and do the same. So much so to where even Judas saw signs, wonders, and miracles. And so what that tells me is I need to become more heavily yielded, more heavily submitted to him. Because if he said that I will see greater things than he did, I better not limit myself to his capability in my life. And um, just real quick before you close, you may think, well, if we don't get sick, how will we ever die? Are you talking about living forever? Our Our days are numbered. But you know, God doesn't want us to die sick. When we go to heaven, we can, we can go to sleep. We can, we can just be not and go. This is not our home. We are a citizen of heaven. We've got people in our family. We have experiences in our own family where we don't know the answer. We don't know why, but you know what? 
they, they died in faith. They went to heaven in faith, and that's how you live your life. You live your life by the word of God and say, God, I'm living by faith. Yeah, I, I don't know why so-and-so had the worst game that they've ever had <laughs> playing basketball, but I'm not interested in knowing that. I'm interested in knowing, you know, how did Stephen Curry <laughs> score 60-plus points in a game? Yeah. So you know what I mean? I, it just, it's like it's contrary yeah. to think that way. And so I want, we want to pray for you this morning. And so I wanted to do a couple of things. In Matthew 8, uh, verse 2, it says that there was a leper that came to Jesus, and he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He asked a very pertinent question. This is a question a lot of people ask is, God, I know you're able. Are you willing? Well, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, but, but faith pleases him, belief in him. And so this, this guy came with a question I hear a lot of people ask today. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched a leper, a highly contagious leper, and said, I am willing. Well, in Hebrews 13, it says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus is the same forever, if he's the same today and forever, then that would still apply today, wouldn't it? Isn't that true? And so I, if there's a hang up or a challenge, I'm just, I'll be a humble enough guy to say, you know, the problem could be me. I'll say it for you, you don't have to say it, okay? Because I'm willing to admit, God, if something isn't working in my life, I hit my knees and I cry out and say, God, what? What's going on? Is there something in me that needs to change? Is there something that I need to tweak? Is there something in my life that's not aligned with you and your plan? I'm asking for your help. And here's the cool thing. The Holy Spirit, he's the helper. He comes, he's already there, but he helps me. Shows me where I'm missing it. Sometimes it's not right then. Sometimes it's a week later. Sometimes it's months later. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I don't have the answers. I love talking about my mom because she went into the hospital with a massive heart attack, walked out 16 days later. I don't get excited to talk about my dad all much, that much because he died in the hospital. And I can't explain that. I don't have the answer. So just because I'm lousy shooting three-pointers, does that mean I give up and quit and don't shoot any three-pointers anymore? I mean, just throw the whole thing. I'm not playing basketball anymore. No. I, we bought a house that has a basketball goal and we haven't had one in a long time, so I'm still finding where the 10 foot range thing is. And so sometimes it's embarrassing because I'll take nine shots in a row and won't hit anything. I mean, not even the bucket, not even the backboard. It's like, what happened there, you know? But you know what happened? Zach and I have been playing horse a lot and a miracle's been taking place. I've been finding the bucket more often. Not perfect. <laughs> I'm not ready to throw it up and turn and walk away or anything. But, you know, but, and so instead of us just taking the theology and throwing it completely away, what if we decided to say, God, you know, I need to learn in this area. I need to work on this. And I'm asking for your help because I would a little bit rather be able to see myself pray for someone and see a healing manifest in their life 
rather than just not do anything. Just, just let medical science figure it out. And, and, and medical science is amazing. I mean, they have come a long way by the help of God, you know, but they're not the answer to everything. Holy Spirit is. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.